a business owner looking for real advice and input, you're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond, welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million, the other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, what's going on? Just another day in the queue. Queue time, baby. Queue time. Queue time is due time is what we're saying around here. Although the overall uh, condition of my home would not indicate that I am following my own directives there. Um, I got to say it's it's another day in paradise over here at the DeCourcy household. So... Yeah, uh, with, with us today we have Heather Step, the owner, founder, and person, uh, one of the people in charge of the KC Hemp Company. If you want to go check out what they do, you can go to kchempco.com. And while you're out there, go check out FullScale.io, who is the sponsor of today's episode of Startup Hustle. They can help you build a software development team quickly and affordably. And as much as we love talking about hemp and other stuff, we are actually going to talk about the very difficult decision that many retailers have as to whether or not to keep their stores open and how to transition into the rapidly changing business environment that is around all of us. And Heather, I think that you have some insight on that. So first off, welcome back. And Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. And congratulations on the beautiful baby that you have made since the last time we saw you. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I think I think actually Heather has the award for the most pregnant guest. <laughs> Do we have any competitors? We've probably had a couple, but she I think was... we had another one. But yeah, Heather was like right on it, right there. So yeah, yeah. Um, how's how's the new how's the new baby? Let's just start with the he important stuff. He's absolutely precious. He's like the best baby ever. He sleeps, eats, smiles at you, minimal crying, nailed it. So, so at one point you were considering naming him Patrick Mahomes. Did you actually do that? Well, we did. We uh, had him on Super Bowl Sunday an hour before kickoff. And right after he was born, uh, we rolled in. We were ro- rolled into a uh, post-op. And watch the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and so his name was sealed. <laughs> we had so, no other choice. That was really so. No what's his, so what's his name? His name is Patrick Jonathan Robert Steffi. Okay, so, they named him Patrick. I love it. We did, okay. yeah, we did. I mean, there's no way to. There was just no other way. <laughs> I, I did not realize that you had the baby an hour before the super the kickoff of the Super Bowl. So once again, congratulations Thank and. You. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, and for those of you that, that don't know Heather's husband, uh, and I will remind you from our first episode is a Jesus lookalike. So that was, that must've been an interesting, that's an interesting combo you've got rolling there. So, well, Heather, let's, let's, uh, you know, last time you were, you were, you and uh, Kyle were on the show, we were talking about the KC hemp company and there was a retail store and you left us some CBD and some other stuff. And then here we are a couple months later and that whole landscape has changed. Can you, can you give us a little update about how that was? And like, I mean, I really, what I'd like to talk about today is some of the difficult decisions that, that anybody that sells products or has a retail store is facing right now. And you've, you've had, have some direct insight into that. Yeah. I mean, it's no secret that 
the entire landscape of business right now has changed, right? I mean, everybody's online, they're going curbside pickup, you can't be face to face with anybody and owning a retail store that obviously poses problems. People aren't coming in, you know, the overhead of having a retail store is massive. Um, that was the majority of where we spent our money. So once all this kind of started, we had seen that we were having issues with getting people in store, getting people to come in and buy product. Um, so that was kind of our first clue was this is not going to get better before it gets worse. Um, and it got worse. So we had to make the difficult decision to pull the plug on our retail store. Uh, it was a very hard decision. It sucks. I'm still slightly bitter about it because nobody wants to admit defeat. But, you know, the way Kyle and I are kind of looking at it is we aren't really defeated. There is some serious silver lining here. Uh, we had been discussing closing our retail store for quite a while. Again, like I said, overhead on retail is crazy. Um, so we were wanting to go online, trying to transition all of our customers to online, but we were trying to figure out the best route to do that. Well, the coronavirus did that for us. It basically said, hey, world, you must shop online now. So all of our customers are most 50 and 60 plus, people who don't necessarily spend that much time shopping online and would rather come in and talk face-to-face. -face. Well, now they're being forced to. So we've kind of been able to ride that wave into the online sales, um, and it's proven very, very fruitful for us. So while we don't get to have the face-to-face -face interaction anymore, we still have the online platform, and that, that's that's working really well. So, so it, it, let's say your revenue was... $10,000 a month before, like, so what, what a percentage of your revenue is kind of held after all this shift? I mean, are, you know, how, how has that all worked out for you? So our revenue has been cut almost in half um, okay. from what we were doing before in store, but our overhead and our expenses has decreased by 80%. Okay. So while we're not bringing in quite as much, we are not spending near as much. So our actual profit has skyrocketed. Okay. Well, so, there you go. Double-edged sword, really. I mean, you know, when we uh, when we opened the store, I, I don't I don't really consider it a wash because we had the opportunity to really engage in the community and have a lot of face-to-face -face discussion with people, a lot of opportunity to educate people when they came in the store, and we created a lot of really wonderful bonds, a lot of lifetime customers that way, and so being able to do that, having the face-to-face, -face and really kind of digging our nails into the community is just kind of given us the boost that we need to continue making those sales online. So does that change your go-to-market strategy now, though, where before you might have relied on people to walk in the door, now all of a sudden that can't happen. So you you have to do more advertising or other other marketing, maybe not today, but you know, once we get past this pandemic, right. like you're going to have to change your go-to-market strategy some, won't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I don't know if you guys remember from our last conversation with hemp and I mean, cannabis in general, we cannot advertise the way that other businesses do. So we have to get incredibly, you know, ingenious, right? Coming up with different ways to kind of do what other people get to do. Um, and that's been one of the things that's kind of held us up from pushing a, a lot of our online business before is how do we do it? How are we going to capture an audience without being able to, you know, pay-per-click or advertise on Facebook or boost posts or anything like that. So it's definitely made us kind of readjust the way that we do business, but we are kind of starting to implement a new strategy that so far has shown to be pretty fruitful just even over the last few weeks. 
Can can you even just promote like content or blog posts or something that no. talk about like an ailment and how to cure the ailments or absolutely not with the word cure, but anyways, outside of that, we can't from our um, Facebook page at all. So, I mean, we had our entire ad account shut down on Facebook because we tried to promote a gift card, literally a picture oh, of wow. a gift card to our store said nothing about CBD said nothing about what it does. And our entire ad account was pulled. So it's just our company specifically cannot do anything. And they're starting to pull some stuff because you can start seeing some CBD sponsored ads on Facebook. They are incredibly vague. They say nothing about CBD or hemp in them. And I'm not sure how they're doing it, but I'm trying to figure it out. So once I do, hopefully we can go down that avenue as well. Um, but until then, we're kind of taking a more um, hands-on personal approach to how we're doing business moving forward. Have you, have you, when you say that hands-on approach, so, you know, had you done an effective job of capturing your client's info or contact? Do you have, you know, a significant amount of emails or phone and stuff like that? Because I give you a little background. I used to manage a chain of retail stores and I'm well, well in tune with the challenges that retail exists. And at one point we shut down some stores and, you know, it's like some of it's just even just the courtesy of not want, cause you know, people get better for dumb reasons. And if they drive across town and then you're not there, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And then also just letting them know, and maybe the why, I mean, I think that, and now we didn't have a strong why, um, obviously I, there's a one that's built in here. Right. Um, but you know, what was your approach for trying to maintain the client base that you had? So, um, yes, people can get bitter and they do. <laughs> we've had a couple of people who've tried to come and we've been closed, but for the most part, everybody's closed right now. Um, as quote unquote, non-essential businesses. So we're getting a phone calls, people calling and asking first, and we're able to explain to them. Um, but yes, we have had a very effective way of capturing not only email addresses, but cell phone numbers. Um, we've used specific tools in the past, such as five stars was a really great option for us. And then, um, we were using square in store. And when you automatically run your credit card, it takes your information, your mm. email and your cell, um, cellular device. So we were able to inadvertently capture a lot of stuff without really having to do too much, um, which is great. And we ran a reward program where people were also more apt to putting in their um, cell phone numbers or give us their email addresses online so that they can get those discounts in the future when they make so many purchases. Um, so we've been able to kind of email blast our customers and let them know, hey, here's what's happening. Here's what we're going to do for you in the future. We're not going anywhere. We're just simply changing our avenue of distribution. And everybody's been very receptive. Um, obviously, people are sad. But we aren't the only ones shutting down retail stores right now. So it, what's what's something what's something you wish you would have done better in our retail setting? Just overall, like with the situation, like, it, you know, like there's because, you know, like I said, it's the, these things there, you know, when they happen, they just always happen so fast. And I say when they happen, we've never had a pandemic, but we've had economic downturns and, you know, some areas are affected, you know, regionally. But I don't know, we don't have earthquakes in Kansas, but, you know, there's just different stuff. Anytime some something ripples through and affects a business community, you always look back, you know, like, God, we could have done a little better at, at doing this or doing that. Right. You know, honestly, I would say probably building up more of our online presence um, before all of this happened, 
because right now that's what we're kind of like racing to do and we're hitting the ground running and spinning at all cylinders here. Um, so I think if we would have been able to kind of slowly build up our online presence and do it exactly the way that we wanted to versus trying to just get stuff out there so it can be out there, probably, probably would have fared a little bit better for us, but we're getting there. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, so, you know, back, back to the decision to close the store and, you know, I don't want to pitch in a, a make you a answer or point any fingers here was, was that a process with the, you know, cause if you have a store, you have a lease, you have things that are in it, you have stuff like that. You know, I I'm reading and I don't have, you know, we were able to kind of switch to a, at full scale, we went all, all just kind of folded up our laptops and went home. <laughs> and work from there. Uh, retail is a little more complicated, and I'm reading a lot of reports. It seems like some some landlords or property owners are being a lot more accommodating, and some are like FYPM, which stands for F U Pay Me. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, what was your experience with that? We got the luckiest situation ever. Um, our landlord has owned the building for like a million years. So I don't think that his overhead on the building is quite as much where he feels like he needs to, you know, completely collect all the time. So he kind of told us like, you know, we're going to, he's going to miss us. He absolutely loved us having us in his space, but he was like, you know, you guys, thank you for your business. I'm not going to make you pay the rest of the the lease out. We'll basically just kind of wow. here. Yeah. It, it, I, don't know how we got so lucky <laughs> because wow, yeah. I have spoken to other people who are in similar situations and they're like, yeah, we have to come up with $12,000 to get out of our lease. So, and, and, but that's, but that's a tricky subject. Cause you know, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of situations that are similar to this. And you know, the, the, the crazy thing is, is, is traditionally leases, contracts, all these different things that tie you into anything. They have language that are, that's related to a lot of different stuff and none of it's about this. Right. And, you know, so, you know, for those that are, I mean, I think the first approach for anybody is, is I would imagine you probably went the same route is communicate with the people that own the property that you lease. Absolutely. And say, hey, say, hey, you know, like. Sooner rather than later too. I mean. Yeah, 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 sure. When, when all this kind of started, we, we opened that line of communication right up and we were like, hey, here's where we're at. You know, if this drags on, if this, this, this ABC, then we're not going to be able to, to make it. And I think being open and honest with the person who's in charge of your lease is what's going to help you <laughs> versus all of a sudden being like, Hey, we're closing down. We're going to move out tomorrow. Good luck. You know, kind of leaving. Matt, I, ha I haven't even asked has, has the, has the office that we occupy, what are they doing? You know, they haven't messaged me at all. And I've been thinking a lot about messaging them. Um, our lease is also up and about, four, five, six months. So yeah, it's kind of like, are we ever going to go back there? Like, what are we going to do? Right. Yeah. And now we're yeah, thinking about more employees could work remotely. So. And, and that's been, that's been the interesting conversation and, you know, I, I won't name names, but I've talked to the two different people here in Kansas city that own significant amounts of commercial real estate, both you know, storefronts and office buildings and stuff like that. And, and from, from the landlord perspective, they're nervous because oh, yeah. I mean, it's not only like you meant, so Heather, you're in your situation, the, the 
people you lease for that guy owns the building. He, that means he doesn't have a payment on it. Right. And so that's the issue is like people that, that are in the business of, of real estate, well, they have a cash flow situation, much like, much like uh, uh, any business. And if the rent isn't coming in, then they're not paying the bank. And it's just this daisy chain of chaos that, that kind of flows upstream and downstream. Now, um, with the, with the closure of the store, uh, and by the way, I do agree with your approach. I think you have to re- you should be reaching out as soon as possible, if you if and when you can, and say, hey, you know, I've got a situation here, and I'm just going to be upfront and open with you. You will find a lot more people to be understanding about that and want to work with you than if they have to chase you down, right? Because you're not there, you don't answer the phone, your emails aren't coming through, any of that. And then two months later, you're like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is a problem for me. Right. Well, at that point, you're the person, anyone that you're attempting to negotiate with is pissed off and annoyed. And that is and that is not a good situation to have to communicate with anyone with when they're in. I mean, whether it's a negotiation or anything else, if someone's pissed off and annoyed at you, they're not going to feel super excited about working with you to fix your issue. So now one of the things with retail that some people, you know, anything when I say retail, this could also be the restaurant industry is, you know, customizing and building a store can have a lot of expense to it. Is that something that was, and I I hadn't been to your store, but is that something that is just a major sunk cost for you? Are you able to recover anything out of there or? Yeah, I mean, like we spent money on redoing the the concrete floors because the the building that we were in was a donut shop for fifty years. Oh wow! So, I mean, we had to use like a lot of kills. It, it smelled like grease. We had to change that. Uh, I mean, we spent some money, but um, I mean, like we had a display case, we had chairs, we had different shelving units, and we're hoping to be able to sell them, but. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like more people are getting out of retail right now than they are getting into it. So it might be, uh, we, we might've lost quite a bit, but I mean, we tried to do everything with a budget. We had a huge space um, and we didn't fill it all the way up. It was very spacious and open. We held a lot of yoga classes there and different educational events. So, you know, it's a toss up there. It was worth every penny because when people walked into our store, they instantly felt comfortable and so being able to create that ambiance for the year and a half that we were open definitely helped a lot with sales. What about the what about the employee perspective? Did you have employees or was was it you and Kyle? We had employees, yep. We had people that helped work in the retail store for us a couple of days a week and then we had wholesale employees as well. Um So the retail employees, um, I mean, we told them pretty much when all this started, like, hey, we got to cut your hours. And Kyle and I kind of took it over until we made the decision to close the store. Um, But the wholesale side of things, um, that's something that they did from home. So, I mean, we're still trying to get that going um, for them. But also we're running into the situation where people aren't bringing in a lot of money right now. And they certainly aren't wanting to add to their SKUs in stores because uh, it's an expense and they don't have people coming in. What, what about the the order fulfillment? Um, we've always done that ourselves. So that's that's been fine. We've brought everything home and we do it from our living room. Um, we are offering local ship, local delivery, free local delivery. So we you place your order, we box it up, we drop it off for you at your doorstep. Um, that's been a huge 
plus for our customers who a lot of times realize they run out of CBD in the morning and are like, oh, I need to stop and grab some today. So instead of having it shipped out, we just drop it off right to them and they have it before dinner. So one thing that people don't know is there's a huge pharmacy chain in the Philippines called Watson's. Um, yeah. It, it, <laughs> now, if you if you follow Matt or well full scale or may, maybe all of us on social media, you'll occasionally see Matt and Frank. Matt, can you can you get them some distribution at Watson's? There, those are everywhere. Yeah, absolutely, no problem. <laughs> I don't think sure. you can legally ship this stuff to the Philippines, though. They might be a little more strict. Yeah, yeah. That, that might that might not be advisable. So, all right. So n- now that the pivot is officially underway and things that are going like what are what, when you start, you, you mentioned earlier wanting to have, you know, feeling like you may have been a little behind on the online presence and stuff like that. Have you had to completely rewrite your entire business plan and like your whole forward thinking everything? Uh, yeah, we have, we really have. Um, we spent a lot of our time prior to now building up, how are we going to get people in our store? That's where we spent our money. That's where we spent our time. And now it's, how do we get people on our website? Um, luckily we had previously implemented some SEO, different, um, types of tools and things of that nature. So we're really going to start hitting that hard. Um, we've been doing guest blogging, which has been fruitful for us. Um, we, uh, with the SEO thing, we're now ranking first on Google for CBD when you um, are searching near us. So we have tools that we are using. They're working for us, but it's a matter of how are we going to beef those up? How are we going to create quality content that's going to bring in people and bring them in from the depths? You know, we're used to grabbing people that we can see and talk to. So how are we going to catch people off the internet and keep them engaged? So one of the things is we've talked to people over, you know, the last several months as we kind of did some featured stuff about hemp and CBD and, and even like the whole, you know, uh, you know, for those of you that aren't listening, Missouri has recently, uh, you know, legalized or somewhat legalized the use of cannabis. Um, you know, how, how is it, it it's so much of, of everyone that we spoke to they all said, you know, with the store, you and you kind of indicated this earlier with the store, we're able to talk to people and answer questions and, and uncloud some of the mystery. And I don't, it wasn't you, but it was another one of, I think what our, another one of our CBD guests said that some people from California came to the store and they offered them some CBD gummies. And the lady was like, no, I have to drive. Yes. (laughs) That was Was that you? Yes, that was us. Okay. All right. So, and I remember that I was like, okay, so there's some, there's some, you know, that, but that's an information problem. Yes, absolutely. So so how how do you fix that online? Like what's your approach to that? So we are actually kind of approaching it in two ways, Um, kind of like a hybrid, if you will, of like an online and being face-to-face. We have a chat box on our website. So when you come to our website, at the bottom of it, it pops up and says, hey, we're here for if you need anything. And people use the heck out of that. They will ask us questions um, specifically about products or tell us the different symptoms that they're having, things of that nature. And then we can personally walk them through what it is they have, what would be the best product for them, et cetera, et cetera. And that's been a great tool for us. Um, People love knowing, A, that it's me and Kyle on the other end of this text box. It's not just a bot that's answering questions. 
and um, B, they can get the personalized results that they're looking for instead of just coming onto our page and thinking, oh, okay, let's just try this, you know, randomly picking something and wasting their money. Um, so that's been a really positive tool for us. Um, we're also getting ready to uh, uh, release a quiz type of situation where people can come onto the site, click on the quiz. It'll ask them different questions about their symptoms and then take them down you know, a different path. And at the end, you get the results for, here's what we would recommend based on how you answered these questions. Um, so those are two ways that we're kind of still engaging our customers and providing them that personalized experience online. But then we're also taking this somewhat of a milkman approach with our um, other side of the business, where we're hand delivering things to people's doorsteps. We're offering those automatic recurring subscriptions. We're reaching out to them and saying, hey, how are you doing on this? Do you want me to deliver it today? I'm making deliveries near you. You know, things like that, just to kind of keep them engaged keep us engaged and keep that line of communication open so that we can keep providing them that concierge experience where they're, they're getting exactly what they want and having their questions answered. You know, one I, I've talked to, uh, we've had a couple different guests. One of them was Riverwatch Beef recently. And, you know, it's Chris Kovac and it's a local, local uh, company that does grain fed. Um, you know, it's all organic stuff. And, uh, you know, here, here you're hearing all this information about how, you know, the grocery stores don't have this and they don't have that. And even my wife was saying that. And I was like, don't worry, I got like a whole half a cow coming tomorrow. They're going to drop it off on the front porch. But the the thing the the interesting thing is, is you, t you talk about the dynamics of change. Yesterday, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal that was talking about Amazon wanting people to buy less. You, you, you heard that correctly. Like Amazon, they're canceling their Mother's Day promotions. They want people to buy less because they're literally like overloaded. Yeah. Now, here's the thing is Amazon's not the only show in town. So one of the things that's become that's become uh, that I think is really interesting and, and may help a lot of merchants similar to, to the Casey Hemp is is when you have companies like Amazon that are known for like, Hey, we'll have it. You mentioned like, Hey, we'll drop it off. Well, so will they, right. but the thing is, is they're not as fast as they might've been. And they're not the only show in town all of a sudden. Right. So Amazon lost their advantage. Like Matt's been, I don't think Matt's talked about this damn ice cream scoop that he's tried to buy <laughs> uh, for his pregnant wife. Like we've, yeah. I mean, this is about the eighth time that we've mentioned the ice cream scoop in the last the month cream, or so. Man. Yeah, well, I get it. We all do, and I, I hey, the struggle is real. In, hey, Matt, I'm going to give you some advice. You know, a spoon works too, buddy. <laughs> it's not the same. I know it's not the same, but still. So for me, hey, look, did you do it right? Did you like run hot water on it and like get it like? No, that's like butter, baby. Okay, so but so the thing is, is with the e-commerce stuff is, and this is one of the things Chris was talking about is his orders were up like 3x because well a there was a shortage somewhere else b there's there's a bit of a renaissance going on right now about buy local which i think is cool Absolutely. and and then also back to you have these whopper companies that okay so we had to wait like 9 days for costco delivery and, and yeah, but, but Riverwatch beef, they had my stuff there like 36 hours after my order. It wasn't the next day I ordered at like 10 o'clock at night. Didn't come the next day, but the next day after that, they, 
they had it dropped off. It was ready. It was great. It was a fair and competitive price and I didn't have to go anywhere. Right. So, but, but that was the point. And I had just had Chris on the podcast and talking to him about that. And, you know, like he was like, they were actually concerned that they were going to run out of, of stuff to sell. Wow. That is such a good Which, prompt to have. <laughs> yeah, and it is. And at the same time, you know, it's like, he's like, but wow, this is crazy. And there's a lot of different stuff. Now, now with that, he had, he has, they've had to take, so anything with food and, and, uh, Bo Nelson from Thou Mayas said the same thing because their, their retail store is on the ropes because they can't go in there, but they had to quickly pivot. So now they take online orders and they'll just bring it out to the curb, but they don't have a drive through his wholesale business is through the roof, but they've had to take different, a different approach. Like I did just have another delivery. The guy, you know, I looked at, cause I walked down my stairs and there's a guy in a mask with gloves, like dropping food off on my front porch. But, you know, both Chris and Bo said the same thing. They've had to take some different, different stuff. And, it, and that could lead to a, you know, a different level of expense preparedness and just stuff like that has any of the, have you had to consider have you considered and talked about any of that stuff are you doing anything different yeah i mean we're definitely taking the proper social distancing measures um we're not food so that kind of is an advantage for us um you know we'll leave the package at your doorstep and then you can grab it at your convenience uh once we're six feet away but as far as um you know, having to buy a bunch of like PPE or anything like that. We haven't, um, we just make sure that we're taking the proper precautions when we're packaging things up and dropping them off. I think that's uh Matt, what's the, what's the, one of the more interesting things that you've seen that has changed since, uh, all of this occurred? Um, you know, that, the thing about Amazon and not being able to buy stuff on Amazon has definitely been one of the, one of the craziest things to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm so used to buying everything on Amazon. If 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 Amazon had 53% of e-commerce, I think we determined that what 26% of that came from you. Yes, but but with but but, from me, (laughs) you did it, and that you know that's I mean that's been a whole interesting dynamic for a lot of different stuff, and you know that 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 whole the whole entire supply chain. Um, has been interesting. I'm, I'm starting, I'm learning that people are actually finding toilet paper again. Now, too late, because I have switched to the bidet. Ah, have you? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't required toilet paper in nine days. I would love to do that. But I have so I, many questions. <laughs> I, you know what? Well, maybe that's what we should talk about. But <laughs> But what what we are going to do, because, you know, Heather, having you back has been such such a great honor and joy as we are trying to we are trying to get back to our normal state of mind again, which means we're going to get back in the habit of playing mixtape the game. Yeah. It's been a while, huh? Yeah, I mean, it really has. It's been too long. So for those of you wondering, mixtapethegame.com or you can play mixtape the app, which just had a recent update. So I am going to pull a virtual card out of the mixtape deck, and we are all going to name a song that we think is the best choice for the situation and the scenario that I read, and then we will all vote. You may not vote for yourself. And Watson probably won't vote for me, so that's good for you, Heather. (laughs) What 
Okay, your best Monday morning work song. Can't go first. I gotta go last. I'm I'm gonna go first. So the Beatles have a song called Good Morning that has a rooster crowing in the beginning of it. And my mom woke me up with that damn song. <laughs> Not just on Mondays, but pretty much three or four days a week, she would come in my room and I had it. This is how old I am. I had a record player and had like the, you know, the, the, the kind of big old standard stereo. She'd lift the lid up. She put the needle on that song. And, go, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and I mean, and, and if I didn't get up, she'd put that thing right back. So I could still to this day at 44 years old can hear the crackling of that needle and that damn rooster. And then the Beatles going, good morning, good morning. So yeah, if there's any good morning, anything song that's been burnt into my head. That's a good Sorry, one. I, felt like that, I felt like that required some explanation. That's a, no, that's a great one. Who's next? I'm going to go with Manic Monday by the Bengals. By the way, I can see the look on Watson's face because he's like, I finally got to cheat at this. <laughs> you you tricky SOB. I see. See, I can see what you're doing. <laughs> In the studio, you don't have that option. But yeah, yeah. So Manic Monday. Uh, you looked up mon Monday morning songs, didn't you? You just Googled that. We might have to change the rules here. Show your hands while we play mixtape. <laughs> Awesome. Um, I probably would have to go. What about uh, nine to five? Some Dolly. There you go. Good way it's got my vote. It's got my vote because I can't vote for Con for Watson right now. He's shrouded <laughs> in controversy. What What so was your song? What was your song again? Good morning by the Beatles, which I don't expect anyone's vote for. I just don't. Ha I I'm literally trained as that's my response. Hmm. I'm gonna have to go with Heather. Ooh. And the winner of this round of Mixtape the Game is Heather. And she gets the fire the money gun. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm getting good. Uh, so another another interesting uh, a story of of closure. Oh, the startup hustle studio. We miss you. So while I was in the Philippines, they had meant to surprise me and they had redone the studio. And uh, if you've ever been there, the walls are like, okay, like the definition of okay, but they looked pretty dumpy sometimes when we would see the background. So they had put these nice curtains around the sign looked all pristine and all this stuff. And I was it was intended to surprise me on my way back from the Philippines. Um, so that means that literally the last time I was there or in an actual in, in a US based office was in February. So they finally sent me a picture of it. And I was like, oh, so yeah, it's, uh, we, we miss you studio at the same time, the, the virtual studio is a little better. Now, one thing we've been, we've been, we've been wondering is we are pretty sure that Watson does not wear pants during these. So no. mm -mm. yeah, they said, they said, well, as that's Walmart's sales of tops are, 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 going up but apparently they're not selling pants as much so well so heather congratulations again on your mixtape win did who won last time did we play when you guys were all in i did you won yeah i'm two for two i'm killing it oh man that's it i'll tell you what you know come on and just do a little mixtape with you i got gotcha. you
we are gonna we we may have an actual episode where we have a mixtape tournament since we can actually have more than one guest you know or more than a couple guests so we'll have to keep you in mind for that all right so as as we once again with us today we had Heather Step from the KC Hemp Company go to kchempco.com buy some stuff yes just do it don't ask just buy click buy 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 um, so, so as, as you're aware, uh, often after we play mixtape, we have what we call the founders freestyle, pass the mic around, talk a little bit about the subject at, at hand today, which was the difficult decision to close retail. Um, I'll go ahead and let you lead off Heather. What's, what, what are, what's a, what's a, a quick list of advice or thought process that may have gone in, in, into this whole thing? Like, I mean, how how would you sum all this up for the listeners? Uh, the best way I can sum it up, especially for retail business owners, is it does not mean that you have lost or you're being defeated by making a difficult decision to have to close the route of your business. Uh, it took Kyle and I a minute to grasp that and let our egos go and realize that this was the best decision, um, especially after looking at all of our uh, funds and how they were being allocated and everything. Uh, so just just take that time. Do that. Figure out, you know, where your money is coming in, where your expenses are going out. Make sure that you're making the right decision for the business and not just kind of holding on to something because your ego is telling you to. Mr. Watson? You know, I think one of the most interesting things that she said earlier, and I think there's going to be a lot of businesses that are going through this right now, is she was thinking about changing her business model a little bit. uh, And in her case, it was moving online. And now all of a sudden, coronavirus has kind of forced that to happen. And I think we're going to see a lot of other types of businesses that are in that same situation or something about their business model that they had been thinking about changing or whatever. And now all of a sudden, this has kind of forced that pivot that they never they never saw coming. So it's really interesting times right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree with both of you. Um, both one, it's not, it doesn't mean defeat. And there, you know, sometimes there's, the, I've used the term Darwinistic, whether that's appropriate or fitting or not. But, you know, in 2008, there was a lot of businesses and business practices and just things in general that changed and stopped, you know, and, and sometimes, um, you know, those are usually caused more like for market conditions and financial things, not necessarily global pandemic. Now, I, I have I, I have a, a very long history in retail, but it's been a very long time. But it's it's been oh, 15 years uh, close to it, uh, maybe may more like 13. And uh, you know, I've worked on both sides, the, the wholesale and the resale or the retail side. Um, you know, 15 years ago, retail was already on the ropes. It was struggling because much like Heather said, there's an expense structure that weighs it down. That's like you look at stores like JCPenney's is not going to come out of this alive. Right. And that's a business that's been around for 100 years and they've been struggling for a long time, but they have this massive footprint. And, you know, the uh, use Best Buy as an example, who's managed to stay alive, even though like Circuit City, their competitor didn't. You know, it was it was at tough times in starting back to 2008, you know, when the when this large retail footprint changed, the Best Buy had those huge stores because people used to physically buy CDs, DVDs and stuff like that. And then when that really changed, they had all this extra space and they had to figure out how and what to do with it. You know, if you can manage to take your business online, 
you can have a level of survivability and agility that is quite lasting. The internet is open 24 hours a day. It's open every day of the year. That's a strength and a weakness. Um, you mentioned earlier, like having the live chat. Well, if you're going to have one of those on your site, you better be ready to answer it. Right. Yeah. Because I'm sure you've experienced, that's why we took it off the full scale site. Because oh, yeah. we, you know, because, you know, we would, we had people that would ask questions. They were, Matt, I think you have the same issue. They were largely asking questions related to articles in our blog, not necessarily about the service that we offer. Yeah. And it, does that happen at Sacrify too? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and Heather, I think that, the, that you'll find this next part helpful and inspiring, you know, between the companies that Matt and I either own together or own individually, there's well over a million visits a month to the blogs attached to those sites. And th that's all free traffic. Yeah. Now, we have have taken the approach of creating blog articles for years that have created that traffic and they're not subject to anything regulatory. And that could be an option for like CBD sellers or stuff like that. But you have to start doing that stuff now and you're not going to get a fast response. You're not going to just decide to become a content marketer. And then the next day, Oh, wow. You know, cause um, you know, that's, that's just not the way that stuff works. But if you start preparing for some of that and, and, and making that long play, you can create a level of survivability that, you know, can help make that transition online. Um, you know, online is, is, is much, like I said, it's got the ability to scale up and down a lot easier than retail. So, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was, 12 years ago or 10 years ago in, in that ballpark, whenever I first started the, the business that was featured in million dollar bedroom, I swore to not go back to retail. Um, because you know, you used that you just won mixtape with the song nine to five. Yeah. Well, you got to be there from nine to five. Exactly. You know, the internet's a little more forgiving yeah. the virtual environment is, and you, and, and at the same time, it's also, it can be, it can be very vindictive. You know, because if I guarantee you a lot of people that went to work from home had to figure out how to do that. I've been doing it for 20 years, you know, but it's a different lifestyle. And like, once again, congratulations on your new baby. But the baby's, you know, there and it, it does this and it does that and, you know, different kids. And and Watson's referred to his children as his coworkers. Matt, using the using your children as coworkers as we end this episode, what is something your coworkers have done over the last month that um, that you have found interesting? You know, they've taken showers together and run around and giving my wife naked hugs, which has been really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Using the same example, Heather, how how about your coworkers? Oh God. Uh my coworkers, they argue a lot and leave their dishes on the sink and don't do pick anything up. They're just jerks. Yeah. 90% of La the time. <laughs> last night last night one of my coworkers fell asleep at work and peed in his pants. And then I, and then I had to change, I had to change his pants and care and carry him to bed. So <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to end yet another episode of Startup Hustle. Thanks again for joining us, Heather. We'll Thank see you, you next time. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Startup Hustle.